person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where, what are we going to do? Steal, Steal the pride! pride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie is so misogynistic. That line. Oof, there's so many issues with that line. <laughs> Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything. Everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flimflam the film used or maybe abused. And of course, the, the shenanigans! shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming at you, episode 20. Episode 20. With a fan recommendation. We put out the call a while back on movies that you wanted us to watch and this was one of the ones on the list that we didn't get to yet. Yes, so I think this recommendation came from my friend Tegan and the name of the movie is Maid of Honor. But M-A-D-E. Yes, we have a play on words there. (laughs) And that's because the Maid of Honor is a dude, which is super (gasps) no big deal, but at the time it was. (laughs) At the time it was so unheard of. What? (laughs) What a social faux pas. That's fine. (laughs) At this time period, so ridiculous. This is 2008, by the way. And you'll feel that while watching the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so let's give you a quick plot synopsis to get you up to speed on this film. Yep. We have Tom and Hannah, who have been best friends for 10 years, but when Hannah goes away to Scotland for work for six weeks, Tom realizes that he has feelings for her. When she comes home, Tom plans to confess his feelings, but Hannah surprises him by introducing him to her fiancé, Colin, and then asks Tom to be her maid of honor. Shenanigans ensue! This movie is a real time capsule, right? Truly. (laughs) It hasn't aged the best out of some of the movies we've covered, but it was still enjoyable despite itself, I guess. Yeah. There's other ones that are more problematic, but like even that flashback to establish their friendship. Oh my god. What year did they flash back to? Like 96? 98. He comes out with one of those like hyper realistic masks and he's Bill Clinton. And this is like at the height of the Monica Lewinsky bullshit. And he was looking for Monica. One of the quotes that I wrote down was, I got some diction for you, Monica. <laughs> Things like that. Terrible. Oh, oh God. my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that there's still ways to put these jokes in nowadays, but it's a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. I feel like delivery is, is an issue. <laughs> we are yeah. only recently addressing some of it. The thing is, <laughs> I have watched this movie before, but I'd completely forgotten about this opening sequence taking place at Halloween with the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky jokes. Yeah, and he lets him 
himself in to the dorm and then gets undressed and literally snuggles his way into Hannah's bed. Yeah. Thinking it's her roommate. That's the friendship catalyst. (laughs) So it's... You know, he's very apologetic, mm-hmm. but the friendship catalyst is a little rapey. Yeah. Like, they still treat all of these on-the-edge jokes in a way that you know that they're not good things that these things have happened. But... Uh, yeah, and I mean, she immediately <laughs> calls him out on it as well. And they have that back and forth, especially because Tom almost immediately tries to sleep with her after establishing that Hannah's not the person he was looking for. He was there for the roommate. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But it does set up the characters very well. Tom is a playboy. Mm -hmm. Hannah's a little more straight-laced. But they seem to enjoy bantering with each other. And so we already see the beginnings of their friendship. Her golden proportion takedown at the very top of this film was a thing of absolute beauty. Yes. Like, should you be that mean (laughs) to somebody? Generally, no. If you said no and they're not taking no for an answer, then you absolutely get that mean with somebody. (laughs) And you know it was cutting because Tom remembers it and quotes it to Hannah 10 years later. She doesn't even remember. No. (laughs) Fully deserved it, though. Yeah, fully deserved. I guess uh, let's get into those tropes. Yes. All right. So we've got friends to lovers. We've got a love triangle. We've got a reformed playboy. If you could see me, I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) We have mistaking people getting married. We have breaking up a wedding. Jane hates that. Uh, we've got dog forwarding the plot. I hadn't even said anything. I didn't even exhale through my nose. Nothing. Jasmine can't see my face. No, that's just like I don't have to look at you to know that that's something you're unhappy about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, carry on with the tropes. We've got dog forwarding the plot. A misunderstanding, compromising position. We've got the dramatic chase with a horse. Yes. Why? And a grand romantic speech. Yes. Some great tropes in this movie. Seriously. And they're all very fun. Yes. I feel like we get them. They're satisfying. Yeah. Good use of tropes. (laughs) All right. That's the tropes. Let's go straight into the shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Done. Okay. Bye. No. Okay. So seriously, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I love a well-executed love triangle. And this was another excellently executed love triangle. Yes. We were talking about it. And this is almost the absolute inverse of Tad Hamilton in that she could have ended up with either guy and it would have been fine. Yeah, they were both decent guys who both star in Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) For some reason, we have that crossover. (laughs) It is a Grey's Anatomy crossover episode in an alternate universe where Kevin McKidd is Scottish. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. McDreamy never left New York City. That's the crossover. And never became a doctor. (laughs) He made the stupid coffee sleeves instead. (laughs) 
it's so funny. I'd forgotten that Kevin McKidd was in this. And so when we have that big dramatic reveal of him being the fiance, I was like, oh my goodness. I know. Jane immediately messaged saying, I forgot he was the love interest. But back to what you were saying, Jazz, about love triangles and this being a really good one, is that both the men are really pretty decent. And I would have been happy with her ending up with either one of them, unlike when a date with Tad Hamilton, where I didn't want Rosalie to end up with either of them. Yup. They're both good in their own right. Yeah. I think, you know, they do manage to set up the film that she ends up with the guy that's better for her. Mm-hmm. But that's not a Kevin McKidd problem, a Colin problem. No. And the things that they show Hannah not liking in Colin are not necessarily bad things. Like, he's not a bad guy. He's just not a good fit for Hannah and they're only really showing this with a couple of things yeah the fact that he doesn't want her eating off her plate and the fact that he shot the meat for the reception dinner or whatever that dinner was that one was interesting because they do establish that she's not into that kind of cruelty early in the film Mm -hmm. it's weird to me because she's not a vegetarian yeah she still has some like qualm with him having hunted it himself I don't really get that I don't either they said up this dinner where she's starting to realize the ways that this isn't what she thought it was. Yeah. Which like honestly good because they've probably spent less than a hundred hours together. So (laughs) this figuring out that you aren't a good match before you get married is good. Probably a good idea to be doing that. The thing with the hunting is, to me, I'm like, if you're going to eat meat, you need to be okay with the fact that someone is going to be killing the animals to do this. Yeah. Trophy hunting, I have an issue with, but hunting for sustenance... I'm personally fine with that. So it was kind of funny that she suddenly didn't want to eat her food anymore yeah. after finding out that Colin had shot it. I don't know. Baby crocodiles were used in some sort of a handbag and so she yelled at the shop owner about it. That I get. Yeah, I get that as well. That they're raising these little things for like a vanity purpose. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, if you aren't a vegetarian, do you actually have an issue with hunting for food? Yeah. I don't get that the other thing that they showed in that meal of them being incompatible was they set up really early on in the movie that hannah and tom have this tradition where they each get a different kind of cake and share and hannah goes and does this to colin to have some of his chocolate cake and he sort of like stops her and says no if you want some i'll give you some of your own on your own plate which fine if you don't want to share food but then he proceeds to give her this smallest piece of cake I have ever seen yeah that was a petty piece of cake I honestly I get it like some people are not big sharers in that way germs so maybe you just want to cut off the slice before you go in with your fork but you guys are getting married like people being weird and germophobic to somebody that they literally suck face with is so weird to me wondering if it was germophobic or if it's just like he likes his own plate of cake 
I, I couldn't figure it out. I think that's what they're trying to establish. Mm. And I think it's like this weird etiquette reason. Oh, uh, that may be. And now that we've yeah. watched Castle for Christmas, we know better. In 2008, I wouldn't have known that all you have to do is buy a tiny piece of land and you too can be a Duke of Scotland. So I don't really <laughs> care that he's a Duke. Some bullshit. <laughs> I think they have a lot more than a bit of land. They have four homes, one for every season. I know, and a distillery, <laughs> but I'm just saying that anyone can be a Duke. It's not that impressive. <laughs> I'm older and wiser. All right, so Love Triangle. Loved it. <laughs> that was about Love Triangle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, to somehow keep us on track, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I also feel like this movie, more than a lot of others, managed to both capture friends to lovers and reformed playboy in a way that doesn't make either of them cringy. Yeah, they did a really good job of this. And what I really liked about this friends to lovers is that... They went about it in a way that felt realistic. It felt organic. And natural. Because when Hannah goes away, we have a whole montage of Tom missing her when he's doing the activities that they usually do together on a Sunday. Yeah. They meet every Sunday they've established. And they show it over the course of the six weeks she's gone. Exactly. And he's trying out these different things with different women following his arbitrary rules of dating. Oh my God. And he's really unhappy at all of these outings. Yeah. And when he makes the realization, he immediately tells one of his friends, Yeah. I think I have feelings for Hannah. And he doesn't do it in a weird way. It's almost like he's surprised too. It's not like in a, I've realized I love Hannah. I've loved her from the moment I've met her. None of that. He's playing basketball and he stops dribbling. He's looking down and he's like, I... I think I love her. It's very funny. Really funny and sweet. (laughs) And when he does tell his friends, the quote is, I'm going to tell her I want to be with her. Nothing about marriage, but I'm going to tell her. And the friend (laughs) says, that's romantic. (laughs) Everything about the bros at basketball was one of my favorite things in this movie. So funny. And he doesn't wait around either. AKA Topher Grace in Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Yeah, or most Friends to Lovers movies. Fair. As soon as Hannah lands, he's in a suit. They're going to a nice restaurant. He's getting flowers. He's ready. He's not going to wait to see how he feels when he sees her or anything. He's going to declare his affection as she gets there yeah and so i really appreciate how they handled it you know i joked about like i did my little air quotes of the reformed playboy reformed playboys kind of irritate me but (laughs) he is actually not that bad you kind of see from the very first Playboy interaction 10 years in the future that it is a very arbitrary rule mm-hmm. and it's obviously there so that he can keep women at arm's length, right? Yeah. It seems obvious from the jump. And then they managed to have one of his cousins, I believe, is like truly a frat bro. And so he gets to be that comic relief for the group. Mm. And then going back to the friends to lovers, it's also set up that Hannah has feelings for Tom, Mm. but the reason why she doesn't say anything about it is made crystal clear through him being a playboy. Yeah, his shenanigans, his his lady shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Lady shenanigans. I know that doesn't really work, but you guys understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
And so it makes absolute sense why Hannah wouldn't have said anything to Tom. He would have run away. Mm -hmm. She calls him out for the fact that he doesn't even say I love you to his dad, despite saying I love you to every single dog he encounters. Every stranger's dog, which honestly relatable, but (laughs) (laughs) so bizarre for his character type. (laughs) It's actually very endearing. Except the only dog he doesn't say I love you to is when he's in Central Park and he pets... Is a Scotty. <laughs> it's a Scotty. <laughs> it's the Scotty. He's feeling really salty towards Scotland right now. I swear, though, I loved that so much because the amount of people who I've stopped on the street to be like, we're strangers, but may I hug your dog? Uh, I do that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think that is so weird. It's the fact that he's saying, I love you to all these random dogs and he can't say it to a human being. Hey, buddy, I love you. Oh, yeah, you're great. Like, oh, I, I love, love you. you. I love you. <laughs> and she calls him out on it at the end. Hannah's like, the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. So good. <laughs> oh, right. Which, since we're on it, the dog's forwarding the plot that way is so fun. <laughs> Especially because the one that inspires Tom to go do the mad chase to go break up the wedding doesn't even do anything or nope. point at anything or look at anything. Nope. We've had dogs that are a lot more meddling than this one. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Hamish comes to mind. Oh, Hamish. <laughs> Hamish is working extra hard. <laughs> How do we know? Wait, maybe one of those dogs was Hamish. <laughs> <gasps> headcanon is Hamish was actually in the movie (laughs) despite them taking place like what 10 years apart yeah Hamish is magical it's a magic dog yeah puppy Hamish is maybe somewhere in it (laughs) oh yeah since you touched on it that dramatic chase with a horse he's got to go around the water get to I don't know this peninsula castle church and I was so confused why is it faster to go by horse exactly those were my exact questions (laughs) why is it faster to go by horse than by car is it just a dirt road like what's going on i don't understand i don't even know i'm trying to figure it out maybe it's a dirt road and a bridge that's only rated for people and horses weight wise and then another dirt road i I don't know like i was trying to figure that out i was like okay i guess i believe you because they said something like it would take an hour or hour and a half by car what, what was happening? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense that the horse is faster. No, it was just a reason for Patrick Dempsey to show off his horse riding abilities. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. We got a lot of special skills from him. I also just really love that farmer or whoever it was that owns that horse was like, no, you can't have my horse. And then was like, yeah, I guess. I, hey, no. <laughs> that was the quickest <laughs> yes <laughs> I've ever seen. We have Patrick Dempsey horse riding. We have him juggling. Oh, right. The plate juggling was incredible. Amazing. I was not prepared for that. I was like, (laughs) and he juggles? Crockery? Really nice, fine china. (laughs) What? Sometimes I have these moments where I'm just like baffled. I'm like, oh, man, people are so cool. Hmm. People have so many random talents you'll never know about. Oh, just quickly, the mistaking people getting married because we've seen that done super well in Wedding Singer. And this one was also really good where 
Hannah takes Tom with her to go see the priest. And the priest is immediately like, oh, you must be the lucky man who's marrying our Hannah. Like, no. And this is another one. Mm. I guess they handled it well, but everyone thinks he's gay. And it's not like the butt of a joke. And he doesn't get mad about it. He's no. just like, why does everyone think that? It's it's just a really weird throwaway joke that they make over and over. I think it's as best as this could have been handled in 2008. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Is where I landed. Because he doesn't get upset. He doesn't rail at anyone or address it at all. No, he just doesn't get it. And the people making these remarks aren't saying it in a negative way either. It's like a very nonchalant way. Because the priest actually goes up to Tom and hugs him. And he's like, welcome, my brother. We have so many gay and lesbian members in our church. He's like trying to be welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, everyone keeps doing it. This is the one part that's, like, kind of the squishy part Mm -hmm. of the era is that it's always because he's the maid of honor. Yeah. And so there's no way a man is the maid of honor unless... He has to be. Which is just kind of a holdover product of its time. Mm -hmm. It's so weird that this movie could be chock full of these kind of really borderline, quote, jokes, (laughs) but still manages to be a really fun little romp. It's surprising. I'm surprised. They didn't make it offensive. Yeah. You know, in the wrong hands. Mm. Someone could have been like, oh, I'm going to react upset about it every time. And now it's offensive. You know what I mean? Like, how dare you attack my masculinity? Yeah. I feel like maybe another equivalent joke to that for the time period. There's a woman who's more on the curvy side. Mm. And she is doing one of those obnoxious fasts. Who remembers the lemon juice and cayenne fast? Do you remember that (laughs) bullshit? Mm Mm-hmm. I remember. And so she's doing one of those, like, irritant water fasts, and she picks a size that's, like, three sizes too small. Mind you, this is not a wedding that's happening in six months. It's a wedding that's happening in two weeks. And so it doesn't make any sense. And everyone's like, why don't you just order your size? Don't you want to just be comfortable? But, like, we have this weird sizes everything And also just the fact that she's judgy. If your friend says that she's a size 8, then you just take them at their word. She's like, "Mm, would you be more comfortable in a 12? Mm. Didn't like that. Yeah, and I really didn't like that that was the main arc for that character because I feel like they did do quite a bit to flesh out the other bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. And so while she got some screen time, it was just unfortunate that this was what her story was, you know? Yeah, I guess I will say that I'm super happy that they gave her a very happy ending. She has a little bit of like a freak out when she says, no, I'm wearing that dress size and I'm going to meet my Scottish Prince Charming and then we're going to hit it off. I'm going to live happily ever after. And because she got the wrong dress size, she sits down and tears a seam, which a very charming Scottish gentleman notices convinces everyone around him to give him the safety pins off his kilt so that he can then help her stitch it up in a temporary way. She does manage, because of the way that they wrote it, Mm -hmm. to get her happy ending as a result of her shenanigans, but it's still one of those moments where you're like, you squared the circle, you managed to make this work, but you didn't need to do it in the first place. (laughs) 
Yeah, so we have a few of those instances. We have Tom, who's meant to be doing poker night with the guys. Yeah. Then they have to wrap baskets for the bridal shower or something. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the guys goes off and he's like, I hope you find your balls. They're probably in one of those baskets. And he flips them off. He's like, I'm going to a strip club to go eat some meat and look at some boobs because I'm a man. Yeah, real cliche. (laughs) Yeah. But he's the one, you know, quote, comedic relief of that kind of guy. Yeah. And the rest of the guys are like, okay, if you can't get in touch with your sensitive side, that's a you problem. I'm going to smell some bath bombs. They get really into it. It's really fun. One of the playoff lines, the guy's like, the bow's so nice. He's like, yeah, I gave a little zhuzh. And everyone's like, oh, you zhuzhed. (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) He's like, I've been pairing these two scented candles together. It makes it so, hmm. Lovely. Really? You've been pairing those two? I've been pairing these two. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have them protesting doing it and they get super into it, which I get is the joke. But what I'm trying to say about bringing this up is we have a couple instances that are a little misogynistic, a little sexist, but they kind of navigate it. I honestly think that's just kind of an unfortunate pitfall of any rom-com where the primary lead who gets the majority of the screen time is male. Mm. I think that we're still working through the pitfalls of the era and so grappling with that internalized misogyny is like part of the process of men of the time. And arguably currently, too. That's what I mean, is that it's only just beginning. So any of those movies Mm. now with a millennial is still going to have that. Yeah. You know, and I hope for the next gen that it'll start to move in a direction. We can have movies with male leads that don't do that. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Anything else on the tropes? I mean, there's some more stuff that we'll get to, but I'm ready to get into the shenanigans. Yes, let's hit those shenanigans. Okay, so we already hit some of them, I'm sure, but oh boy, there's so many good shenanigans. Where to start? I would like to start maybe even with the dad. Okay. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) This is like what we just said about this weird internalized bullshit. He's getting married for the sixth time. Wild. And this woman, not only is she so obviously a gold digger, but the soundtrack doing the most played gold digger. I laughed out loud. I did too. Like my head in both hands (laughs) just was like, oh no. Part of me actually loved that they were still working on the prenup moments before her limo pulled up. Ten minutes before the ceremony when he was about to start yeah he still hasn't signed his last divorce papers they haven't finalized the prenup yet i was kind of into that insofar as respect you know what this is Mm -hmm. no one's under any false pretense you are two grown-ups who are allowed to do that. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, word. <laughs> yeah, neither of them are under any illusions. Yeah. The dad doesn't think that she's in love with him. No, and she's obviously not, but she's like, eh, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. Okay, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, go for it. Get yours. <laughs> I think it's Hannah who says to Tom, he knows he can just date, right? That's an option too. This dad. (sighs) And then it's implied that the dad's going to marry Hannah's cousin Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. And he's like number six. And then the total frat bro is like, no, number seven. You've already (laughs) lost count. That was my shenanigan. I have another one in a bit, but do you want to (laughs) go? Where to start? Oh, I would like to talk about the timeline, which is 
absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it is a lover's blind timeline for anyone who's watched that dumpster fire. It truly is. Because what, what, what? It is like exactly the amount of time. Yeah. A total of like two months. And so Hannah goes off to Scotland. It's implied she's been there for a little bit already before she even meets Colin. Her work trip is supposed to last six weeks. Yeah. Based on the dates, just because now that you've said this, I think that he was on the fourth or fifth of the Sunday dates. So I think she's already five weeks in, which means she's only known him for a week. Really? He was on the fifth bad Sunday date. I thought she said something about we spent the next month traveling around Scotland. Are you sure? Did I misremember that? Maybe she said a month, but if he was on Sunday dates, we had that little montage of his bad dates and we were on the fifth one. So unless they weren't actually Sundays, they were just bad dates? I don't know. I could have sworn she said a month. We will check and convene and post the timeline in the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she comes back and then they're getting married in two weeks. Two weeks. Why? No reason. They, they don't bake in any kind of attempt in the plot Absolutely to give not. a reason for this wedding being two weeks. His family is loaded. Why is Colin not just coming to stay in New York for a while? Yeah. What is actually the rush? I have no idea. And this is terrible, but the little excuse Jasmine and I came up with that they could have just written in was like, Granny's gonna die soon and wants to see me married. That's a really easy, arbitrary excuse. This is why we're speeding it up. Yeah. We both <laughs> We're like, oh, maybe Grand's ill. Give anything. Yeah, anything. <laughs> but absolutely no reason is given. None. For this happening so quickly. Which drives me bonkers. Why? Yeah, it's a really bizarre timeline. Plot wise, I think why they did it was because of how intentional Tom is. Say they plan the wedding over six months. Tom's spending so much time, we're going to have a confession. Yeah. We're going to have a declaration of love from Tom. So we're not going to get to the wedding. Absolutely. Like they have to truncate it because it's already built into the plot that he's ready to confess as soon as she's got home. Yeah. There's no way that they were going to last six months or any sort of typical engagement period. He was going to tell. Especially if Colin has to go back to... Scotland to deal with whatever it is. He was about to say something in a few days, but he didn't realize she was leaving that night or the next morning, whatever it was after the plate juggling day. (laughs) And he tries again the night before the wedding as well. And this kind of dovetails into another shenanigan where... Hannah's asking Tom for help with the vows. Tom declares his love for Hannah. Yeah. And she first says, no, no. That's such a cliched way to say you love someone. And then he gives a more personal declaration. And then it's immediately interrupted by the friends coming to fetch Hannah to go to the bars. Bachelorette party. And they all come like down the hill to do the traditional silliness. Tom is trying. And I think that's why the movie speeds up the timeline like crazy. Speaking of, what? Is that kissing tradition real? Like you put a coin in the pot and you kiss the bride? It's very much real. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) That's so weird. Why? I think watching it post-COVID was just really rough. (laughs) Why would you do this? I've seen an Italian version. There's a money tree and people would put money on the tree and then you get to dance with the bride for a moment. Oh, that's nice. Kissing, though, is wild. I don't know if it's necessarily on the lips. 
for this tradition. I think that was just something that was included for the movie. I may be wrong. She kisses every single one of them on the lips. Yeah. Like, and all I'm thinking about is this actress is kissing so many extras. <laughs> like, these are just randos. And then for added shenanigans, one of the guys in the bar steals Hannah's hat and puts it on and then he starts kissing all the dudes in the bar. Oh my gosh. It was a really ridiculous scene. But then we get their first kiss. Yes. It led to a really, really good first kiss. I mean, I knew he was going to do it. Yeah. It's built in that he has to do that. Fully. But who? That was a really good kiss. They went in. I mean, that kiss was so good that it had her going up to his room in the middle of the night to talk about it. Like, no if, ands, or but. <laughs> and the mum... She drops the money. <laughs> mom is in the background <laughs> doing the most. <laughs> She sees it and walks off. Nope. <laughs> One of my favorite things about the movie, I have to say, whoever this DP is truly nailed the restaurant scene where Tom meets Colin for the first time and is informed that Hannah's engaged. Oh, that scene was amazing. That scene is incredible. Number one, the choreo, like he slams into one of the waiters because he's so distracted, which was number one already so funny. Yeah. He's so frazzled that he then slams into the waiter again. This poor guy (laughs) is like, what's wrong with you? He starts freaking out. Very funny. And what I loved about the filming of the scene is... You've got Hannah and Colin sitting on one side of the table. You've got Tom on the other side. They're talking. Tom is getting to know more and more about how their relationship developed and how incredible Colin is. And as they're going back and forth with lines... The DP is circling them, right? And as the scene starts to unfold that actually they're very much together and that like Tom has maybe missed his chance and everything is getting really intense and the camera's spinning faster and faster and it's just really, really going and like it's frantic until he finally gets up and then slams into the waiter. It's very funny. Amazing. (laughs) Beautifully shot. I wrote down, this is psychotic. I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing with the flowers, when Tom crashes into the waiter the first time and the flowers that he bought go everywhere and it lands this couple who's also there and the guy's like if you have flowers and he's like I didn't have flowers and Hannah's asking did you have flowers and Tom's like no I didn't have flowers How, what's what's going on who who who, who you hi oh, it was just boy. wow he's so thrown off poor dude <laughs> so Tom has met Colin now I think like Tom thinks that he's gonna be a smart ass and invite Colin into the basketball shenanigans with his crew so he's on his turf and he'll have some sort of control first of all Colin has never played basketball he says well back home we call this netball and it's something that women mostly play yeah somehow Colin slam dunks the ball I don't know I don't know sports and he's like oh I'm sorry I suppose I'm not supposed to slam it into the basket that way and they're like no that was amazing and then Colin is like why don't all of you do that he's like if we could we would bud yeah somebody says that and so I wrote in my notes that we have a literal and figurative dick measuring contest love because after the game in the showers you know I love that it's one of my favorite shenanigans yes Because after the game, when they're in the showers, they're all looking at Colin and it's implied that he is particularly gifted in that area. Yeah. Not just in basketball. They all stop at the showers and just stare (laughs) and have a little chat about it and then like don't actually go into the shower. Yeah. Wild. Oh my goodness. What? (laughs) It's 
Oh my gosh. The bros are so funny. <laughs> What's so interesting about it, and this is like another one of the moments where the film manages to navigate its use of sexism so weirdly. Yeah. It establishes that these guys, with the exception of like two of them, they're all like married and in committed relationships. And so the single guys will maybe tease them, but the married guys are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't even know what a serious relationship is. They're very much defend their wives. They don't have fragile egos. It's just such an interesting thing that they mm. managed to be like, oh, we're going to make these sexist jokes, but establishing they're not actually bad guys. Yeah. It's so weird. And it was interesting that they took the time to flesh out each of those guys a little bit. So yeah. It's not just like a pack of bro dudes. We have a little more nuance to them. Which was really shocking. And so I don't hate um, this movie was such a bizarre masculinity contest. Even when they went to Scotland and they had the like Highland games for the bride, mm, the mm-hmm. first thing they did was a bunch of upskirt shots, but they were up kilts on all the dudes. Yeah. Why have we done this? And Patrick Dempsey in this teeny tiny kilt. Patrick Dempsey in tidy whities Someone just mentions, ooh, who was responsible for that tiny kilt? <laughs> And no answer is given. I still don't know. It remains a mystery. I don't understand. (laughs) It was such a bizarre sequence of events for that contest and and just kind of reinforced all of the machismo shenanigans of the film. And I want to know about the tiny kilt. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised they didn't just put him in a dress and like have him sit with the Renaissance ladies, given the way that this film went. Right. And I think that's where we were talking about how they kind of walk the line a little bit. So they're not going full on being offensive. Mm-hmm. He is competing in the games too, but now we have a tiny skirt. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They were like walking that line somehow. Fascinating. So my closing shenanigans are I took the time to write down Quote, Tom's stupid rules. Yep. It's no back-to-backs, not more than once a week, the 24-hour rule, and no family events. Those are the ones mentioned in the movie. Honestly, it's truly awful. (laughs) It's terrible. Why would you do this? To not form emotional attachments to people. Yeah. That's what I mean by, like, an actual playboy who's doing it because they are a playboy doesn't have arbitrary rules no he's just playing he's manufactured rules so that he can larp as a playboy i don't understand i don't know this is who you're trying to be like it's an illusion (laughs) (laughs) so bizarre but i'm glad that hannah calls him out on it and calls it tom's stupid rules yeah it's like tom's stupid rules tm (laughs) tm Any more shenanigans? Just really quickly. The ladies, I really do love how they're able to establish the best friend group as well for the women. We've got this gorgeous moment where they come in for the lunch to talk about being bridesmaids. And they come in in slow-mo, looking amazing. Yeah. And it's really funny to see, like, you know, the cousin who's very meddling. You've got the one friend who seems to be a peacekeeper. I am really impressed with the way that they did this, Mm -hmm. despite some of the other train wreck moments. Yeah, for sure. And they're showing up for Hannah, Mm -hmm. trying to help Tom. You root for the friends. You do. And the friends on either side are 
good friends. And so their friendship, Hannah and Tom's, while it's very important, it's really nice that they have other people around them to support them too. The support systems around them are great. And we see a lot more people than we usually do around the romantic leads. Each has a parent and they each have a group of friends outside of each other. It's great. It is great because sometimes it can get a little too sucked in to just the two. Yeah. I think it also helps establish even the cousin is someone that Tom is hooked up with. Tom's hooked up with everyone. But it manages to be okay. I don't know how they did that. I don't know either. I mean, they did have the fun exchange of, oh, I'm so sorry, my other bridesmaid is going to be my cousin. Yeah. He's like, oh no, she hates me. He's like, no. And Hannah (laughs) says, well... You broke her heart. And he's like, well, she broke my nose. (laughs) (laughs) They get so much of that right. Uh, I don't know. It's so bizarre. Yeah. (laughs) I had so much fun and I also want to rewrite so much of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, I guess brings us to... Yeah. Fun fab fail. We didn't check off Mike. We didn't. I think it's a fun, right? Yeah. Honestly, I'm tempted to give this one a fun? Despite myself. Question mark. It feels like a win the date with Todd Hamilton. Like a fun question mark. Fun? I think so. I don't hate that she picked either of them. Yes. It's just there's something about it that's just a little off. And I think that offness is just the time period. Yeah, I agree. Also, there's a few moments where they wrote this female lead, Hannah, in such a weird way. When she's with the church officiant going over what the vows are going to be she can't answer Mm. she acted her heart out but whoever wrote it if the priest asks you what did you fall in love with and you're just like "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what that's not natural there were so many of those Between her being written weirdly and still managing to act the hell out of it, between Tom being like a weirdo playboy, Mm. all of the sexist jokes, the dad being like, ugh. There's so much about it where I'm just like, I hate this. Yeah. And then I still had so much fun. And maybe that's just Patrick Dempsey and Kevin McKidd. <laughs> you know, put a couple Grey's Anatomy folks and I'm going to give it a fun. I don't know. <laughs> She's sold. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure why I had fun. Right. I guess is the takeaway. Oh, you know, one of the things we did talk about too was pacing. Yeah, that was a huge role, I think, in why we had fun with this movie. It was tight. This movie was running. Mm -hmm. There weren't these long scenes of dead space. Everything we needed Jokes spaced out. Yeah. Nothing you didn't need. And it was high energy. Everyone was bringing it. Yep. All the supporting actors, they were all doing a stellar job. And some of it was, you know, genuinely sweet yeah. and genuinely funny. I, It's impressive. And I don't know why. Quite. I, I, yeah. It, it's fun. <laughs> it huh? is fun. Despite everything. It's yeah. It's fun. The time period, the writers, misogyny are all trying to ruin this movie. <laughs> but it still manages to be fun. As you can tell, Jasmine and I are having a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> we like at war with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is truly a godsend that we watched You've Got Mail so early because now everything is really 
really just in comparison to that. I was like, if it's not that toxic, was it toxic? I don't know. (laughs) But the thing is, I had more fun with this movie than I have with some other movies that are not as problematic. Exactly. The holiday calendar was not problematic really at all. At all. And it just fell flat. And you know what it is? It's pacing. Mm. This was a good edit. It was. We love a tight 90. (laughs) (laughs) And this one's a little longer. There's an extra 10 minutes in there and you don't feel them. So that's saying something. Yeah, tight, tight, tight. Um, I think that brings us to Mm. our favorite, favorite moment. Favorite? Give me the cheese, please. please. (laughs) What a struggle to find this cheese. It was really tough. Much like explaining why this movie was a fun in the rating, it was really difficult finding a cheese choice for this. How do I find a cheese that I want to eat but I'm also disappointed with? That's that's like what? Yeah, essentially. (laughs) It was tough. I don't know what we're complaining about. We've created a section to talk about cheese and rom-coms. I know. I love that. Okay, well, let's just uh, do it. Okay. Three, two, one. Young or cheese cheddar. Oh, interesting. Oh no, I was going to come in with such confidence saying that I went first the last time, but I actually don't know. I don't either. This really doesn't matter at all, but whatever. It doesn't. (laughs) It's like, oh no. I know, so dumb. Okay, well, I'll go first. Okay, tell me about it. I did Young Orkney Cheddar. Mm -hmm. This was a struggle. So Orkney are the archipelagos off of Scotland. When I was looking up cheeses, I saw this. Orkney also has a brewery. They make the Skull Splitter beer, which I am a big fan of. I've known about for over a decade at this point. And so I saw the name and was immediately like kind of excited about it. Like Mm. it's a cool area. It's a bit unique being the archipelagos. And so the thing about the young cheddar, like number one, it's aged very shortly. So like under six months, like this relationship. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. I also chose a Scottish cheese over an American or a New York because I think that I preferred him. (laughs) Just like ever so slightly. The young cheese also is very, very mild, which is where I wanted this to be. Like this movie feels like a cheddar. It hits the rom-com notes that I wanted to hit Mm -hmm. which is that I want things to be rompy and less romantic and so it feels cheesy and a cheesy cheese is a cheddar but this is a mild cheddar it's a young cheddar it doesn't have a lot of bite and then the other thing about it which is super interesting is they have a distinct flavor of this cheese because they very specifically only feed the cows grass in the summer and barley and root vegetables in the winter. Interesting. It's a highly specific flavor that this cheddar gets. And I like to compare that to the highly unique flavors of 2008. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) that's why for me, this movie is a young Orkney cheddar. Oh, that was great. (laughs) I also really like the fact you chose something from Scotland and I chose something from America. I love that. That's so great. (laughs) Synergy. So, when I'll recover, let's hear about this cheesecake. My New York cheesecake. Okay, firstly, (laughs) 
Firstly, I wanted to pick a dessert as tribute to Hannah and Tom's Sunday traditions oh, of standing in a really long line to get a dessert and having to guess which dessert. So that's why I went with a dessert. I went with the New York cheesecake because now this is a me thing and I don't know why. I'm not the biggest fan of a baked cheesecake. There's something texturally that I don't gravitate towards. Right. It's nothing that I will see on the menu and I will ever pick for myself. But on the occasion when I am sharing with someone and I happen to have some baked cheesecake and it's really good, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And the New York cheesecake is really good. By the way, it's the ricotta. Oh, is that it? A lot of them will have ricotta instead of or a half and half with a cream cheese. Oh, uh, that could be it. Probably what you like about the New York. Mm, maybe. And so with this movie, I end up enjoying it despite myself. And that's how I felt about this movie. Yeah. I am not going to be reaching for this movie the way I would with, say, a Cinderella story or 13 going on 30. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> I still had a lot of fun. And the same with the cheesecake. If there are other desserts on offer, I'm not going to be reaching for a baked cheesecake. Yeah. But I may still enjoy it, depending on who made it. That's my rationale. No, it's perfect. Yay. It makes perfect sense. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we never spoke about the crashing a wedding trope. Oh, we just avoided it for your sake i think oh okay well then thank you <laughs> then we don't have to talk about yeah this. no i don't need to talk about it they crashed a wedding you shouldn't do that if it's already gotten to that point you let them get married and as a result tom got punched in the face deservedly so one might argue yeah honestly that's probably the reason why i was like nah i'm team colin i think <laughs> <laughs> well everybody there you have it that was our discussion of maid of honor let us know your thoughts on the movie any shenanigans we may have missed, or what cheese you think it is. You can follow us on Instagram at shenaniganssuepod, or you can email us at shenaniganssuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time, and until then, nobody, nobody in, in the, the world makes me laugh the way you do. Bye. Bye. That really was such a cute quote. And the fact that she sort of comes to the realization that he's actually talking about her. Yeah. And then it gets interrupted. <laughs> like almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. That was great. 